Look, all I'm saying is that when she was banging her head on the ceiling, they should have just had some metal going in the background. Yeah, I, I think some of you, you know, like good Metallica or some Death Clock. <laughs> like, it's just, it would have been amazing. Yes, it would have. All right, what are we doing today? Uh, today, we are going to the opposite end of the spectrum, <laughs> and uh, we are going to jump into the world of cartoons, and we're doing a Scooby-Doo film. Oh, awesome. Grab your popcorn. Welcome to Grab Your Popcorn. I am Brian Crock. Along with me is, of course, David Kalisa. Hello again, everybody. And we have ourselves a special guest. David, please introduce her. Oh, today we're making it a family affair. I have brought along my sister-in-law, Marissa Steiner. Hi. How are we doing today? Better. Better. Better is always good. So we actually picked this movie today because of her. And yes. uh, Scooby-Doo has been near and dear to her heart for her entire life, actually. Really? Yes. Interesting. All, all 20 short years of it. Wow. Really? You just got to throw a short joke in there? I didn't even realize I did that, but thank you. I am actually proud of myself. Wow. <laughs> Subconscious short yes. joke. Woohoo! So, no. Anyway, uh, this has just always been her favorite ever since I, I met her and... You know, so to this day, she actually, uh, I took her to uh, Wizard World uh, Comic-Con convention. She got to meet one of the creators of Scooby-Doo. Wow. And then when I got to chat with him a little bit and got his autograph and everything, pretty awesome experience for you. Yeah, I geeked out. Geeked out. She did. She did a lot of geeking out. She geeked out more than I did. <laughs> That's great. It is great. So we, uh, we were discussing, you know, we're on staycation right now and we were trying to figure out what to do and we were going through movies to pick out. And, uh, you know, we we're going through it and, uh, you know, naturally we just ended up on one of her favorites. So, you know, we're, and, uh, she talked to me about it a little bit. I was like, you know what? We haven't done an animated movie yet. Also, we couldn't be bothered to actually pick out a movie to talk about. So it's great when somebody else picks one for us. Yes. Yes. We should is. just start doing that. We should just put it out. Like, you know, well, I've been, I've actually, I've, I've been reaching out to a few of our, you know, uh, uh, you know, loyal followers on, yeah. you know, through our Facebook and whatnot. So after we do my pick next week, I already have another movie lined up that uh, one of our fans has picked out for us to do. Awesome. I am just hopefully going to reach out to, um, you know, find out a way to uh, get it streaming for us and whatnot. This should, it, that should just be the format of the show going forward is just people telling us random movies to watch. Oh dear God. No, cause I, maybe <laughs> we'll discuss that in the a later chaos, The chaos that would ensue <laughs> would be amazing. Yeah, this is true. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna dive into this though. So Scooby Doo and on Zombie Island. Yes. Not in, not the Zombie Island. On Zombie Island. I, I would like to point out one thing here though. Like as far as zombies go, these were very magical zombies. Yes. Like they were more so like ghosts slash zombies at certain points, and that they <laughs> like they were ghosts, and then they turned into zombies. And then there was like ghost zombies. Yeah. And then, yeah. And but then they were like sentient cats. too. So do they really count as zombies? I'm, I've got a lot of questions here. Well, to me, I would consider them zombies. Yes, they were originally humans. But then when they kind of, when the people, when the two girls took over them, they made them into zombies. And then they kind of turned into ghosts. To me, they're zombies, but everybody thinks zombies think of zombies now so it's so. like the three states of matter but for humans you have gotcha. human then zombie then ghost yes 
Gotcha. There we go. And these now aren't, we know. These, these aren't Romero uh, type zombies. No, mm, no, they're far no. from. Yes. No, there's black people who do not die in this one. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, at least that we know of. But uh, let, let's go ahead and cover some of the basic plot points of the movie. It's a short film. It's not very long. And right? Most of them aren't. You know, most of them aren't, aren't too, too long and whatnot. But then again, I, I think that's always been a good formula for them. They keep it short and sweet, but give you, you know, just enough characters to make it the mystery, yes. you know, revolve around mystery to make you try to guess who the actual, you know, bandit or bad person is. Um, so anyway, uh, this actually starts out a little bit different than most Scooby-Doo films. They've actually disbanded in a sense. They're not together um, when the, you know, main plot point of the film comes comes to be and whatnot they haven't been working together for a while everyone's kind of doing their own thing and whatnot yeah daphne's doing a tv show with fred yes and uh, velma's got her bookstore yep which is very suiting for her of course especially with what it revolves around and shaggy and scooby are they they are um scamming the airport you know they are conning for food as usual yes <laughs> but hey you know it seems to be working out really well for them that that plethora of uh <laughs> of food stuffed in the closet but, you know, hey, let's not think about, you know, storage or refrigeration or anything like that. That's, that doesn't matter in the cartoon world. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, the, the premise, though, is that, you know, Daphne and Fred, uh, you know, they, they want to get the game back together for an episode of what they've been doing when everyone's kind of missing each other. Yeah. So, you know, they get getting the van back together and whatnot, and, you know, which works out because Shaggy and Scooby are kind of thwarted with their food plan and uh, out of a job again. And uh, so they, they all get back on the road and they go down to Louisiana. Yeah. And uh, from and from there they meet a few interesting characters, right? Uh, what is the what is the character's name that they meet that overhears a conversation? The Lena. one Lena. Lena. Yes. Lena's pizza. No, that's wrong. Wrong that, place. That, that's local around here. Uh, no, so yeah, they meet Lena, you know, they're having a discussion about ghosts and haunted houses and you know, trying to find a good location for uh, Daphne and Fred's show. And Lena's like, hey, I work at this place. Dot dot dot. Why don't you come here with me, strangers? Well, I have to take. I have to. I have to say something about that. When okay. she said that, you kind of get that feeling like, okay, something's going on because no random person would be like, oh, hey, come to this house. I'm just hanging out by the fried green tomatoes, waiting for somebody to talk about a haunted house, and and miraculously it happens. And oh, here's my opportunity. Yeah. Yes, that was fishy right off the bat, but. It works out for the gang because that's exactly the opportunity that they were looking for. So they, of course, agree to her. And Daphne's all pissed off because, you know, someone's hitting on her man. Mm-hmm. So, you, so you got, you know, you got this Louisiana hoe trying to, you know, get in on her game and everything like that. Yeah, Fred is <laughs> is very interesting in this movie. I mean, mind you, I haven't really watched Scooby-Doo like in a very long time. Uh, and so like my image of what Fred was, was always kind of like, you know, it like the old school Scooby-Doo where he's like the complete leader of the team and just like, let's go get them guys. And like all this kind of stuff. And now he's like, I'm the producer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the boom guy. It's like, I've got a, I've got a camera. It's like, I'm, I'm just trying to document this. And it's like, he, he totally takes like a secondary role to Daphne being the lead of the show. And so I was like, interesting. Like it's, it's definitely a change in dynamic. It's definitely cool for this day and age though, because that's like the shift and, you know, gender neutrality, you know, Daphne's the, you know, she's taking a little bit more of the leader role and it's her show and everything. So 
That's cool. That's that's got that going for it. it you know that promotes that and everything. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna fast forward a little bit. You know, uh, Lena gets him to the ferry and whatnot, and you meet the nice little ferry man, of course. And uh, you know, they get taken to the island and whatnot. And then you meet the the Louisiana swamp fisherman. You know that is stereotypical. Uh, what is his name again? Snake eye thing S- or sna- snake, snake something. something? All right, I got I got the I got it right here. Hold on, let me. So you know he you know he's you know he's doing his thing one night. You know snake he, bite scrugs. Snake bite scrugs. Now this guy is the one that gives off the most heebie-jeebies. You know in the stereotypical Scooby Doo sense, you were expecting him to just be the. One of the bad guys are kind of... I was cracking up every time. He was like, you're a tourist. <laughs> like, everything was about the tourist. Like, it, I, I don't know. It just, I thought that was funny. The, the writing in it was a little bit comical. And they did have some good one-liners in this film. I, I definitely enjoyed the, the little bantering back and forth, but also some of the just little punchlines that a few of the characters put in there and whatnot. I will say that uh, because it was in Louisiana, or set in Louisiana... And the voice actors that were there were definitely not from Louisiana. It was, I, I cringed like every time I heard somebody actually trying to do like a, a Louisiana accent. And I was just like, oh no, no, that's not right at all. <laughs> like Gerard Butler accent trying cringe. Oh God. <laughs> oh no. No. That's not, no. No. <laughs> no. Well, no. <laughs> Okay. It was bad though. It was it was definitely it was definitely not not uh not spot on. But for a kid's movie like I Yeah, mean, they don't know nobody's any gonna know it anymore. No, no, no. Only They did they did get a lot of the eatery correct though, as for like uh you know, what is popular down there because they go what all kind of stuff do they eat? Uh, you got the crawdads, got the beignets, yeah, got they, the jambalaya. And uh, Poe Boys, they mentioned at and, least and, once. And Poe Boys. So they, for they for a second, I thought they, like, when he was putting the sandwich together, I was like, oh, it looks like he's making a muffalata. But he's, no, it wasn't. It was a No, no. And I, that'd be funny to hear little kids going around trying to really say that. I really want that sandwich. <laughs> you know who actually has a good one? McAllister's. Oh, really? Not, it's not too bad. Interesting. Yes. Just in case you want one. Okay. <laughs> Maybe later. <laughs> So we are now on the island. We are now to the haunted house where we are introduced to the owner of the house who is. Da, 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 da. I've only watched this movie a handful of times. It is hard for me to remember all these goofy little characters. I think um, Selena or something like that. Uh, da, 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 da. No, no. Simone? Simone. Simone. Yeah. Close enough. Lenoir. Simone yeah. Lenoir. So um, Lenoir. She is. Uh, she is the owner of this house, and she is the crazy cat lady, as I would like to call her. That's uh, not too yeah, far off. On point. <laughs> and, uh, and I could definitely relate to this, because having a dog that is part Great Dane, as soon as he sees the cats, immediate chase, and everything like that is 100% spot on. And that, that was actually pretty comical. I, I do enjoy the animation of this film, though. Yeah. And uh, it, it definitely reminds me of the... You know, early '90s and uh, early 2000s cartoons and everything like that just had that spot-on, yeah. you know, you know, hand-drawn animation when not really it, made. It was before they really switched to like the digital aspect yes. of animation, and it became quite a bit easier for them to draw that and, stuff. And it's so like you know, watching you know, being like the second or third time I've seen this film, it was uh, you know quite nostalgic for me to mm. to see that style of animation. So I really enjoyed it. Yeah. 
So let, let's kind of let, let's jump through some of these okay. these points. So obviously the, the the group is there. They're trying to figure out what's going on. There's ghostly things happening. They're figuring out clues. Fred the entire time is just like, no, it's going to be some dude who's like trying to get money or something. <laughs> you know, like it's always this. And like at that moment, the moment he said that line, I was just like, nope, this is going to be real. I was like, you just. <laughs> Like they're not going to do that. They're not going to do. They're not going to do a twist at the end. I was like, this is. This is going to be real magic, real, and, real magic. And so that was that was my <laughs> prediction uh, for for that. Uh, they and like a bunch of different things happen. Mainly, it's it's uh, Scooby and Shaggy like just running around as usual, getting themselves into trouble, and generally, weirdly enough, summoning dead things. Because everywhere they go, it's like, oh, hey, look, something else just got summoned here. And it's like just one thing after another. And uh, eventually it it kind of all culminates in this in this this fun little bit of you find out that, yes, this is actually magic. This is real. Like these people are are not cool. (laughs) So I'm curious about something. When was the first time, Marissa, that you watched this film? Do you remember how old you were? Because it came out in 98, so it came out the year before you were born. But I'm curious if you can remember roundabouts when the first time you watched it. Around five or six. Five or six. How has this movie held up over the years now that you are 20? I'm still in love with it. Okay. I, I still feel the exact same feeling I did when I when I first watched it. The, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> the um, exciting seeing Scooby and them, seeing, yes, yeah, seeing them eat, thinking how, how. How do where do they put all that food? Well, but then I just, mean you're older well, now. They do I'm lots sure you of do running, know that so. Shaggy and Scooby are potheads. Probably. Okay, it is the munchies. That is the only logical way that we're gonna throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but it's still getting that exciting. It's still feeling like that kid when you watch those movies. Well, I, I still I still feel that way when I watched Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. That is yeah. still hands down one of my favorite animated films to this day. So I was just curious on how it's held up to you and if you still had your favorite parts for it or whatever like that. So that's really neat, though, that it's held its own over time and everything, that you you never actually outgrew it and everything like that. Yeah, when I first when I found when you guys had put it on there, mm-hmm. I got really excited. That was the first movie I wanted to watch. And I was still like, oh, my God, who's who? what's happening? Who's going to be the villain? And then it's still that exciting factor of, wow, this is, they're actually real, that the magic's real. Right. So yeah. yeah, all right. So so anyway, yeah. So going back to what you said though, for for the plot point, it is crescendoed into real voodoo and real spells. And the reason why there's so many cats is because Lena and Miss Lenoir are cat-like demigod character people. They, they were people that were blessed by the cat god, whatever that means. <laughs> that they when they came over, that they believed in this god cat. that was a cat. So yeah. when. Scarface or Scar, I can't even Moon, think. Moon Scar. Moon Scar. Great up. name, actually. I thought that was. Yeah, that, that is yeah. that is a pretty neat name. But when he came over, he kind of sacrificed their friends to the alligators. So yeah. They, so they pretty much the whole movie is they wanted revenge. Right. And yeah. that scene right there, that was a dark scene for a kid's movie. Yeah. The way that they, you know, force people into the swamp to be eaten by alligators when, I mean, you know, that could easily be depicted in a Today movie and be very, like, traumatic and, like, very gruesome. Yep. And uh, so, I mean, you know, to, for that to happen in there, I was, like, quite taken back. But I was like, 
that can also really happen. As as I added a, like a quite a bit of realism to a animated film. Awesome writing on that part, hands down. So of course, Shaggy and Scooby are the only ones free because Miss Lenoir and Lena think that they were too stupid to even be captured and manipulated because that's how they have captured the other three of the gang. They have their little voodoo dolls wrapped up in everything. And uh, Shaggy and Scooby somehow, of course, miraculously by the grace of their feet and paws, uh, stumble upon a way to free them and cause a distraction, which frees the rest of the gang. And they are able to finally put all the souls that, you know, that are trapped at peace. And, uh, you know, Miss Lenoir and Lena, they do not get the sacrifices that they're supposed to by the end of this blood moon and everything like that. And uh, it is a both climatic and anticlimactic mystery solved. And it is anticlimactic because, as you point out, it is not. There's the, no big reveal. There's no reveal. There's no meddling kids there's, you know, or your dog or anything like that. They, they do have it in the movie, but it's right off the bat. You don't get that Scooby-Doo ending that you have been used to all these years. I would have to agree. But, but like I said, it's still climactic in the sense of, like, how they ended it and, like, how they ended up, you know, Went you know, quote unquote winning, yeah, <laughs> freeing the spirits and everything like that. So it was all very neat, and you know, it also sad to see that the um, the ferryman was in on it because you know he plays a typical part of the nice older man that's just helping out and taking people around. But he was also the scariest of the cats, though. You know, with him being like the tracker and the trapper and everything like that, I felt that he that they did good with his animation and uh, and his like chasings. When I, you definitely feel a good sense of. Uh, of fear in those and everything like that. And I can only imagine like being five or six watching those. Like I probably would be more terrified of cats by now at my age. If I watched it as young as you were and, and everything like that, I'm just saying that that's how, that's how good the animation was in my view. Well, don't forget about the gardener. That oh, guy, yeah, that, he was, he was, in one he was like a sleeper cell. You know, you did, you, they did, oh, they did pretty okay with like, you know, is he going to be good or bad? Or is he literally yeah. just there being a pissed off gardener or whatever like that? But I, when you first I actually meet really him. liked him. It's a girl. Clean that something. It's a great grumbling. <laughs> he did, the, the comedic relief, as usual, you know, most Scooby Doo films, you know, they do, they try to do good with the, you know, writing in the jokes and everything like that. But, um, you know, that was, you know, neat little twist, of course, uh, you know, make him a undercover agent. You know, that has also been in on all the missing people that were brought to the island and never made it off. And that's when you find out that that's where all the spirits were and everything. It's also kind of sad, you know, when you think about the amount of spirits that were, yeah. you know, trapped on there. Because that means that they were just all brought on the island and died, yeah. you know, killed by killed by them. So, I mean, like I said, the, overall for this being a kid's film, it has a very dark backing to it when you really, like, take a good look at it. Yeah, not a lot of Scooby-Doo movies do have that kind of dark side like what you were saying right but i think this was like one of the very first it was like wow they took a whole different turn to it they went more real with it i feel like it it worked really well for it and i i i haven't watched as many as you have but i hope that they stuck with it not not consistently but i hope that they definitely made it a recurring theme in in other films and whatnot and not just and that just went back to straight roots of you know, just unmasking somebody and find out that it was, you know, just somebody out for revenge or money or whatever like that. No, I would. And I agree. Some of the movies that, yeah, some of them have taken. Yeah, this is what happened. They caught the villain. 
he was out for revenge. Right. But they've also done a few, and we've seen, where they've taken that other side. Like, they've actually gone in and looked throughout the story. You're guessing every each every turn. It's yeah. like, and they take on some serious stuff, So, which I like. But, yeah, I think some movies have gone that darker place. Good. Happy to hear it. So anyway, you know, they, we get, we get our, you know, victory from Mr. Inc as usual. And, and of course, you know, the game, you know, fully gets back together again. You know, they don't go their separate ways. At least that's how I gather. That's how I took the ending and whatnot. And so, um, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, let's go now. The voice acting in this though, I felt was really, really good. Um, you know, between, uh, they, I felt that they did really good with the, um, the editing for the animation matching up with voice acting. I know that you can find some cartoons out there, um, where they either the voice actor just didn't really meld together very well with the character that they were voice acting for, or the editing was really bad. And like the, uh, the words didn't really match up very well with like the movement of the character. Yeah, but I think Scooby Doo. You know, they've been around a long time, and um, they've they've done some they've had some practice with this. You know, they've they've refined their technique over time and whatnot. And I, you know, as I've stated, you know, earlier, just the style of animation of the film has always been, you know, a favorite of mine and everything like that. And so it uh, went really well together. Just made it enjoyable to watch, and and it hit that nostalgic yeah. point for me or whatever like that. The, the animation for this movie is is quite uh, great. Uh, if you actually go back and analyze it, you you see that classic like, you know, updated Hanna Barbera style where everything is hand drawn. Um, but they do a lot of great, great shots with like uh, where the camera like angle would be mm-hmm. to like showcase just certain aspects of of where they are and uh, and. Uh, just like I don't know, because they did they did a really good job drawing certain things, uh, especially when they did some of the shots of of New Orleans, because they obviously took a photo and like drew it, but it still looks really nice. Yes, absolutely. And then also, I liked a lot of the shots of like the plantation, yeah, and like of the pepper fields and everything like mm-hmm. that. It, it gave it a a nice realistic sense and yeah, and of like you know that that could exist like some like actual look of that like it wasn't out of the realm of realism. Yeah. So we're going to, uh, you want to dive into some of the voice acting here yes, and see yes. what else they've done? This, because is, this is fascinating. I've actually been looking this up the entire time <laughs> we've been talking. Uh, so the, the person who played Scooby-Doo and Shaggy, yes, a guy named Scott Ennis. Can you he, guess some of the other things that Scott Ennis has done? I cannot off the top of my head. That's because he basically has done Scooby and Shaggy like since then. Like he started out in 98 uh, with Zombie Scooby Island. doing Zombie Island, and then proceeded to do Scooby and Shaggy, like uh, up until this he, year. He was in. He did Alien Invaders, Cyber Chase. Um, he did the Scooby Doo games for PlayStation Two. Yep. He's even at the Scooby Doo Dark Ride uh, for the Warner Brothers World theme park. And he was the voice of Scrappy in the live action Scooby Doo movie. Yes. Not bad, eh? Nope. <laughs> All right, so then we're going to move on to the next one, which is uh, Billy uh, Billy West, actually, as Shaggy. Now, this guy. Th- this is like, if you know anything about voice actors, like, <laughs> this is like the guy, right? He's, he's one of, like, the top 20 best voice actors in animation 
like right now. He only has 245 titles under his belt. Yes, uh, but <laughs> most people would probably recognize him from his work on things like Ren and Stimpy or Futurama. Uh, or Doug. Yes, where, where he played uh, Ren, and he also then on Futurama played uh, 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 Philip J. Fry, Professor Farnsworth, Zap Brannigan, and Dr. Zoidberg. Yeah, nice. yeah. I love. No, I gotta say, I love that show. I, I, I did not know that. Yep, he's he's uh, just all over the place uh, doing things. And actually, uh, he's one of these guys that they get on panels of voice actors. And every year at like Comic Con or maybe some of the other ones, they will do a script read of a movie in their voice that is not the movie like that they were in or any of that kind of stuff. They will do a character in this other random movie i've seen that in that i and think that is so it's cool some of the most hilarious things i've ever heard in my life especially <laughs> if you get a chance folks please if you get a chance check out uh the voice actor for uh um for winnie the pooh doing empire strikes back and winnie the pooh as darth vader it <laughs> He's amazing. <laughs> it's well, amazing. Well, that that's awesome because Winnie the Pooh is in like Franny's like top five like uh, children's books, cartoons, whatever you want to yes. categorize it as. And of course, Star Wars is in my top five. <laughs> yes, <laughs> movie, so that'd be a great crossover. I'll be excited to watch that. So this right then, they, this was only his, his Scooby Doo on Zombie Island was only his third credit, like in voice acting for a filmography. Uh, he, in 1996, he did two different movies. One was Joe's apartment where he played a roach named Ralph. <laughs> and then, uh, and then shockingly in 1996, uh, does space jam where he plays Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd. Oh my God. So you see, voice acting is such a cool profession to be in because the amount of different things that you can hop around to is just endless. Mm -hmm. And like, you'd be like, you go into some of the like more modern video games that you play and look up some of the voice acting for the characters that like you like remember or like really like in the game. You see what else they've done. You'll be amazed at how many other video games before that or even cartoons they've done before that. But they also, you know, like I said, they, they could go into anything just because they have a unique voice they can go in and record for anything. Yeah. So, you, you know, uh, one person can voice probably 20 of your 20 of your favorite different things. You just didn't know. Yeah. Now, it, yeah. His, his, <laughs> his filmography is and, and his IMDb credits are just amazing. So so there you go. That is for uh, good old Billy West. If you search for him online, you can find a ton of videos of him doing things. It's fantastic. And if you want next year for Wizard World, we'll try to keep an eye out to see if he becomes a guest and whatnot. And if he does a panel of some sort, maybe we'll try to go to a panel for once. And, I'm down. Uh, and, and see what that is. So uh, up next, we got Daphne Blake, who is played by Mary Kay Bergman. And this is going to blow your mind. Probably. Oh, yeah. You, you, I'll give you five guesses to name one other thing she's done. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, is it a movie I know by heart? No, no, no. It, it's a very popular animated TV show. I'm trying to find out what this is. Besides Scooby-Doo? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, besides Scooby-Doo. 
I have no idea. In the South Park movie from 1999, she also voiced um, the moms for Cartman and Kyle, and she was also uh, Kyle's sister, Wendy Bruflotsky. She also did additional voices in the movie for South Park. I was going to say, I've <laughs> never seen South Park, so that's a whole different problem for me. She also voiced Barbara Gordon Batgirl in Batman and Mr. Freeze. I've seen that one time. That was probably when <laughs> I got on DVD. So I will say this, though, and it, I, dude, you, you totally used the wrong phrase here when you, you were talking about leading up to her. Okay. You said it's going to blow your mind. Unfortunately, uh, in 1999, she killed herself uh, via shotgun. <laughs> oh, wow. Dude, you blew her mind. You totally picked the wrong words. No, actually, Uh, she she suffered from anxiety disorder and depression. And then a bunch of things happened in her life, uh, like her mom got cancer and just general stress. And eventually she just she decided to take her own life. And it is very sad because she was an extremely talented woman, especially for the amount of things that she did. Yes, exactly. She did. She did a bunch of stuff in a very short period of time. Like basically her credits are just over one decade, you know, long, but Yep. So up next, uh, we have, I'm just, I'm jumping because once you end on a sad note, it's like, okay, where am I going after that? Next, we got Frank Welker as Fred Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, you know anything about Frank Welker? See, here's, here's how you know it's good when you're on his Wikipedia page is when his filmography is literally a separate article. Wow. And his IMDB, he has 840 things. Started in 1969 through 1970, where he played Fred Jones. He's been playing Fred forever. Uh, Yeah, Fred, 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 a bunch of stuff on Superman, a bunch of stuff. Most recently, he is the voice for the Cave of Wonders in the live-action Aladdin film. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. I know. I'm just letting you know in case you do see it. I love this. I love. Okay, Animaniacs credits. He played Runt, Flavio Hippo, Buttons, Ralph the Guard, Thaddeus Plotz, Chicken Boo, Steven Spielberg, Bill Clinton, Elmer Fudd, and occasional segment narration. Like, that's just great. Yeah, so he seems to be the cornerstone for Fred Jones' voices. Mm-hmm. Um, he is also What? The- he was Bronx and Gargoyles. <laughs> See, that's my show. Gargoyles that, is my show. That is a good show. I, I need to start watching that again. That's amazing. Like, yeah, it, it, I I just, I love this stuff. He is also the voice of was, Megatron or and also Galvatron in the Transformers movies. Oh, he was Galvatron, eh? Mm-hmm. Awesome. And then in Futurama, he is the voice of Nibbler, Seymour, some monkeys, cats, a um, whole bunch of uh, other side characters. Then yep. here you go in 2019 where he played... Fred Jones. <laughs> His man has literally been playing Fred. He is the voice of Asriel in the Smurfs movies. Forever. The newer ones. They didn't appeal to me. Appeal to me. Oh, he did other voice uh, stuff in other like actual movies where he was like the monkey in Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> because <laughs> the monkey needs a voice actor. How can I find this movie? 1981, he was the narrator for Zorro, the gay blade. <laughs> this is the next movie we are watching. I don't care. <laughs> Zorro, the gay blade. 
He was Cujo in the movie Cujo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is so great. So he yeah. was Dumbo in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. We could easily do a whole episode on all the things he's There's done. So many goddamn things here. <laughs> so many, and it's still going. It's like, oh my God. Well, That's like David said, there's over what, 800? 800, yeah. So he's going to, well, he's doing it from he's in 69. Everything. So yeah, 69 to now, yeah, there's going to be a whole lot of stuff he's done. But it's weird. Some of the stuff that he's done, he does sounds for animals. Yeah. Like it, it, he goes from actual voice acting to like in Pocahontas, he did the voices, like the sounds for Miko, Percy, and Flit. Oh my god, I love that movie. All right. Next. Next. BJ Ward as Avelma Dinkley. So do you know anything about BJ Ward? Uh-huh. Nope, of course not. I thought so. Uh she is best known for her work as uh let's see, she's she was Scarlet on G.I. Joe. I am actually wearing a G.I. Joe shirt today. <laughs> the battle. Yes. Uh let's see, she was uh, Betty Ross and the Incredible Hulk. God dang. Even more stuff. Um, See, and like she did some voice acting for video games, which is awesome. Like the original Xbox game, Run Like Hell. Mm-hmm. Legacy of Kane Defiance. Ark the Lad. Siphon Filter. Onimusha 3. A big plethora of those are just solid video games. And uh, but yeah, she seems to be the go-to for Velma voices as well. Bunch of different movies too, including more Scooby-Doo stuff where she played uh, not even necessarily Velma. She played other people in those movies. Uh, but she has been playing Velma. Uh, she's played Velma several times though. Oh yeah, absolutely. Including in uh, in a bunch of those different video games, like you said. But yeah, uh, she once again. More more stuff going on. Uh, let's see. Moving on, we've got. I'm trying to find the list. Uh, Adrian Barbeau as Simone Lenoir. You ever heard of Adrian Barbeau? I did not until just at this moment. She is an actress, singer, and author of three books. Um, I know she's done stuff on Broadway. Like she was probably the most accomplished actress, like in the entire movie. Actually, like as far as like real life. Uh, portrayals and stuff huh yeah oh god dang like so many so let's see here the last thing i she uh what's the last thing she was in she's in the new swamp thing that's besides the tv show that got canceled no the movie the movie the tv show it's from it's called aj in the queens oh it's still going i think oh interesting uh, but yeah, she, she hasn't done like a massive amount of like voiceover stuff as far as I can tell, but she's done a massive amount of acting in different she, TV shows. She voiced Sif in the first Marvel ultimate Alliance game. Interesting. See, it's cool things like that, that we like to learn about. Oh, she was pink eye in the Mad Max video game. Well, she was, uh, she voiced Selena, Kyle, Catwoman and Martha Wayne. In the Batman animated series. That Sounds she right. did. Yeah. Just, yeah, she's got a few a few voice acting credits there. Okay, I found my coolest credit for her. 
What you got? She was the voice for the mainframe computer and demolition man. Oh, nice. I just saw that. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's Would you awesome. like me to assign a coroner? <laughs> See, without actresses like her, we'd have no little things like that. All so, right. How many more do you want to do? Uh, oh, my too many. God. Too many. So we got Tara Strong next. Tara Strong is, is obviously most famous for doing uh, the voice of one of the Powerpuff Girls. I think we need to bypass and go straight to Snake Bite Scrubs. I understand that. I saw that a while ago when I was building <laughs> up to that. So uh, no, Tara Strong is another one of these. If you ever if you ever look for those ones like that, they do those voice acting panels. She's usually on this list too. Yeah, I've seen a lot of her stuff on Facebook, yeah. and I'm like, Ooh. I'm so interested. She did Barbara Gordon in Batman: The Killing Joke that I just told you about last mm-hmm. night. I know, I saw, I just saw that. Yeah did you did you get a chance to watch that one, Brian? I I want to say yes. I that don't is recall. super dark, but super super good. Yep, 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 yep. Well, and she's a voice for Timmy Turner on Fairly Odd Parents. Tina Turner. No. Why would Tina Turner need another voice? No. No. Wrong. Wrong. Okay, well. Um. Let's see here. <laughs> so a yeah. lot of Family Guy. Oh yeah, she she's she's um, busy. She yeah, is she's very 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 busy. very busy. Trust me, like she. Tara Strong is is top notch though. She's really good at at changing her voice and and developing many many types of characters. And uh, let's see, we got a couple more here. Uh, see, Cam Clark is Detective Bo Neville. Yeah, you said you liked him. Is he? Yeah, he was uh, Leonardo in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated series. He was Liquid Snake in Metal Gear Solid. That he was. What? Yep he's he's got another one of these that are like. You know, he shows up. You've heard his voice a thousand times and just and didn't a lot know of video games. Oh my god, so many games. I'm looking at his uh, his uh, his anime dubbing uh, list right now. Yeah, he's really good at that. It seems. Well, I mean, when you find somebody who's good, you keep using them. Well, that's true. Let's see here. What? No, no. He was Kaneda in in Akira. Apparently so. That's awesome. I did not know that actually. <laughs> oh, and he was uh oh god, he was in Nausicaa as well. God dang. I can't believe how many video games he's done. Yeah, he's done a massive amount. Assassin's Creed 2, Dragon Age, Halo Wars. Hey, <laughs> he was Daniel in Painkiller. <laughs> who was he in god of war oh he was hercules in god of war too excellent game yeah this, so yeah i mean man this is this is funny whenever you get into voice actors though this is where you like just like go kind of crazy yeah you get blown away yeah because it's know, just the they, do, they do so many things in a given period well and it's like it's, it's kind of ridiculous i'm sure it's like just as tiresome because like i'm i can only imagine how many projects you can work on in a day you know like how many like different episodes or things yeah. you could shoot and like you know the amount of talent and you know composure you would need in order to like you know keep your voice you know, and, and that like pristine condition in order to do like that many different ones has just got to be so straining. Mm-hmm. But damn, are we lucky to have them? All right. So 
do you want to jump straight to the big one or do you want to skip past it to some of the other fun ones? No, 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 no we we're, can't. We're going we're gonna to end on the big one. Okay, so, I mean, let's see here. I clicked on uh, Ed Gilbert. Ed Gilbert doesn't really have, like, a massive amount of uh, filmography. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he played he played Mr. Beeman in Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, which was, like, the first villain or whatever in the entire thing. So that's that's not really any anything. Uh, Jennifer Lee Warren, um, who played, uh, let's see, who was it? Jennifer Lee Warren. Chris. Yes, Chris. Uh, yeah, not really much there, so you don't really have to do anything for that. And then we get to like the two real heavy hitters in in this entire thing. So you know how we had the other ones that we thought were like super heavy hitters yeah. as far as voice actors go. We have like the top two right now. <laughs> so we'll start with the one that Franny will geek out the most over, and that is Jim Cummings. Do you know what voice Jim Cummings does? Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> He is he has also been in like numerous other things, including a massive amount of video games and uh, different TV shows. So let's see. He was I mean, let's start he, 1986 as far as movies goes. Uh, let's see. Castle in the Sky. He did stuff for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. He did Aladdin, Pinocchio, uh, The Lion King, Pocahontas. Uh, Hercules, Anastasia, like, I mean, like this is all stuff to like, not, maybe not necessarily like major players. Um, let's see. Then he did, uh, of course, uh, besides doing Winnie the Pooh, he also does several of the other voices from Winnie the Pooh, including, uh, Tigger. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. He, uh, da, 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 yeah, uh, his Book. list is super impressive. Sinbad, Turok, son of stone. What? Uh, let's see, and then um, more. He was he did a bunch of stuff on Wreck It Ralph. Actually, I know that much. He was Doctor Robotnik in Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes, TV. he was, and he was also a voice for a lot of the SWAT cat characters. Yep, Mitch will be happy to know that we plugged that in there. <laughs> He's one of the voices for Gargoyle and the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yep. Yeah, he's it's, but he's just one of these dudes that like you when you hear him do the Winnie the Pooh voice, it's just like oh god, like it it transports you to your childhood every single time. So yeah, that's Jim Cummings. Jim Cummings is is in a masterful voice actor in my opinion. But let's close this out with the biggin. All right, we all know him. We all love him. Oh, yeah. This man can do no wrong as far as we're concerned. He is a <laughs> god on Twitter. <laughs> and his, his tweets are pretty epic. And the other great thing, too, is that he, like some other celebrities I know, loves to go to Comic-Con and walk around in costume. In fact, one of my friends last year took a photo with him. Didn't know it. Because <laughs> she was dressed up as Ray and went with her mom and took a photo with a random stormtrooper. And then shared it on Twitter and said, you know, hey, Mark Hamill, is this you? And he goes, yep, it's totally me. <laughs> and it was because there were other photos of him, too, because he's a little short for a stormtrooper. <laughs> so, yeah, it's great stuff. So he likes to walk around at Comic-Con in costume and, and see if anybody can actually recognize him. Now, going back to what you what you were talking about, how like some uh, voice actors like to do panels and whatnot, 
one of the coolest things that I've seen him do is that he did a table read for when the killing joke was coming out and he read one of Joker's monologues in the Joker's voice. Yes. And it is so weird. Cause he wasn't but, in that one. Was he, was he in the killing joke? I thought, it Oh was yeah. One, oh, I thought it was one of the other guys. No, 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 no. He, he did it because it, because he, the, you know, when you watch the movie, it he deli- and you, you watch you watch that video, and then you go to watch the movie, and it is just so cool to see like no difference, like it is one hundred percent spot on. But it's still really weird to see to see slash hear the character's voice come out of the actual person. To not have the animation in front of you of the character to put the voice on and everything like that, but. You know, it's just been so cool that he has kept with that with the Joker forever because he started with it back in the animated series in the 90s and has reprised his role multiple times. And, you know, for all three Arkham games, he he reprised his his role and did the voice for the for the games and whatnot and nails it every time. And it is just it's utterly creepy. I think he's when you look at some of the polls that are taken online. Uh, you know, he's ranked in like the top, like, you know, top three jokers ever to, you know, have done joker or whatever like that. Yep. Absolutely. Even though he's never physically done joker, but, and that's the same way for Kevin Conroy. He is still always labeled the number one Batman. And just by every poll that's taken, Yeah, even though he's only done the voice, he's never physically played Batman. It's actually kind of great if you ever look at some of the interviews done with Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill when they talk about doing Batman the Animated Series. Because this is like when Mark Hamill really didn't want to be famous at all. And he was just working a lot of voice acting gigs, wasn't acting for real. And uh, and ended up doing Batman the Animated Series with Kevin Conroy. And like, But they, they had no clue that the show was going to be as big as it, as it became or like the icon that it became. And... Uh, and they just have some fantastic stories of them like working together at this tiny studio, like trying to get their parts right and like make make the show the best they possibly could. And they just it was masterful, is what yeah. it was. And uh, Kevin Conroy, he he wants the studios. He wants to do another Arkham game. He um, he said good re- games. They're fun. He has said in recent interviews that um, the writing form and just like you know all the all the production in room everything like that it. It has reminded him of the of the series and everything like that. And he just he loves just the energy that it produces and everything. And of course, getting to work with Mark Hamill again, as you just say, you know, they created a great friendship out of it, and uh, you know, still keep in contact and everything. So, well, yeah. yeah, and they, they they do panels and stuff yeah. like that too at a bunch of different conventions. But uh, I'm happy though that Mark Hamill has in like in recent years, people actually. Uh, started giving him the credit that I thought that he deserved, especially for his voice acting work. But then when he started coming back and doing actual like on-screen acting again, I was very, very happy to see it. And I mean, I, as much as you can hate on The Last Jedi as we did, <laughs> I can't fault Mark Hamill in any way, shape or form because that man just like was so good in the movie, in my opinion. Like, yeah, I thought they wrote his character wrong, but the man acted that part to like just greatness in my opinion. Absolutely. Good. So now that we have covered all the excellent top notch voice acting that they got for this film. Yeah. Which I can only imagine how big a check they had to write for everyone to get on board with this. 
We're now going to get into our scoring of this film. Oh yeah, yeah. But we got to we we've given a score for everything else. So we're not going to treat this one any different. Okay, fine then. Okay, but we are going to start with the guest of honor, the chooser of the film. Aww. And we're going to see what is your score: a zero out of ten, zero being utterly horrible, ten being the absolute most wonderful thing you've ever watched. <laughs> I would say, I give it an eight. You give it an eight. There you go. Okay. Where where are some of the points taken off? What are your what are your reasonings? Why why is this two? not a ten for you? Yeah. A ten. <laughs> it has its moments. Uh-huh. I wish it could have gone a little bit more into the story of Selena and and the girl. I wish they would have gone like a tiny bit more, like. Maybe like explaining exactly who the cat god was. Exactly. Where and they then, originally came from and yeah. everything. Okay. Like and then that. just seeing them go from when they first started, when when they did say we want revenge. Like did at one point they have like we need to stop. This isn't we we got our revenge on Moonscar. We need to be done. And then with the fairy man, mm-hmm. why did why did he go for it? Or didn't they kind of do their background, Shaggy and them? Okay. I mean, Velma and them. So just a little bit more detail probably would have nailed a few more points for you. Yeah, just them look more into that area because Velma did say, oh, yeah, I found this about the house. That was it. Nothing. Fair enough. Okay. I'll give you that. I'll I'll give this one a seven because the animation was was really good in my opinion i I mean obviously it's a kids movie so i'm gonna have to compare it to kids movies uh i thought it was what it is don't 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 give me that look (laughs) it's a kids movie you can enjoy it as an adult as i did but it is still (laughs) geared towards children wait i'm an adult now you're 20 aren't you yeah yeah you're adulting welcome to adulting (laughs) you can still love nerd Stuff from your childhood, it doesn't matter, but you still got to grow up eventually and do things and pay bills and taxes. Ew. Well, I mean, and as we all know, taxation is theft. But yes, you know, that's, that's <laughs> for you, Chris Delaney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, seven for me. I thought, I mean, obviously, top notch voice acting, it was really good animation. Obviously, the story was the weakest part. Uh, definitely could have used more Velma just because I've always been a big fan of Velma way more than Daphne. Cause Daphne is always just like the, Hey guys, let's go do this thing. And Velma's just like, no, I'm actually smart and I can figure this crap yeah. out. She's like the voice of reason in yes. like any friend group. And Daphne is the klutzy bimbo. Yeah, exactly. Not, not so much in this one, but yeah. In, you in can't other say ones. she's not a bimbo. She's klutzy. I'd say she, cl- she's klutzy. But you can't say she's not a bimbo. Your no, words, not mine. She is, but she's got she Fred just like wrapped around her finger, and like she owns him. So I mean, you know, there's that. Well, that's in every movie. They're, them two are always wrapped around each other. Bimbo, see. <laughs> again, again, I like to point out your words, not mine. So yeah, seven for me. I think it's it's a it's a solid choice for any animated feature. It's not. Uh, for kids, it's not going to be bad because you know it's it's not too scary. Like, yeah, there's scary-ish stuff right. for children, but it's not like there's no like real blood and gore. No, no, no. There's just moments. Although of Fred does rip taste. somebody's head off, so you know. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Yeah, but he rips off see, a zombie head. But you don't see any like if no, like but a it's zombie still, movie now. Well, no, but it's still decapitation. I'm just saying. I mean, but the zombie's already dead. Doesn't matter what the child tries in, you know. 
That makes it Imitate worse, that. in my opinion. Because then, like, now this kid's going to be like, hey, I can go out and rip off the heads of dead people. <laughs> I mean, that's a bad precedent. That's all I'm saying. You'll learn these things, you know, eventually. <laughs> Get a little older and wiser. Me, me, me and you are on the same page, though. It, it gets a solid seven for, you know, for a little bit, you know, as you said, lack of detail. More Velma story. would have given it an eight. <laughs> <laughs> I would have liked to see and like, you know, just to elaborate a little bit more in detail, it would have been a lot better closer of a movie too. If you would have gotten to see Velma's new store or like see her kind of partner with a detective and see him put his book out. I think that would have been a really great ending to see like, especially his first tale be about the Island. Yeah. And everything like that. I think that that would have been a really great end, and that might have also bumped it up a good point, point and a half for me. Mm. Just to incorporate a little bit, especially to incorporate a little bit of the side character, um, you know, supporting, you know, cast and everything like that. But, you know, darker story, really liked it. I like that sense of realism. Mm-hmm. Um, lacked on the story as, as, as we've hit on. I do enjoy Shaggy and Scooby scenes, though. I do love all their pepper antics and everything like that. Gave me good chuckles. He, uh, uh, Shaggy also had my favorite one-liner of the whole movie that I'll mention. We're not looking for ghoul friends. Sorry about that. That was gross. <laughs> Behind the scenes. <laughs> anyway, solid seven. Good to go. So it gives the score seven, seven, eight. So even at seven and a half. Yeah. Good to go. But I would like to point out also they did make a zombie island too. They, they were what? Down. Yeah, I think it's coming out now. Now? Like right now? Yes. Do we right. have to go see it? Yes. All right. Well, we all we all have to leave now because we have to go see the sequel to this excellent film. Yeah. See if it holds up true. We do thank everybody again for always, you know, sharing our stuff and, you know, being involved with us, sharing our episodes, listening to them, most importantly, seeing what you missed. Marissa, we thank you for joining us and giving yeah. us your input on it. Well, it was a pleasure being here. Wonderful. I liked having you on. This was nice. Because it's like, I don't think we've ever had like a female guest. A female guest. No, so, but yeah. I will point out that her and her sister were two of the uh, way more involved people during our MCU bracket when we did our live streaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did a lot of the commenting and suggesting and everything like that. And that was awesome. Yeah. It was uh, greatly appreciated. And, of course, you know, follow us on Facebook. We do have a YouTube page that we need to daily update. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. But that's okay. You know, we've been busy. We've been adulting, as you point out. I've been super busy, man. Yeah, you it's have. It's been crazy. Yeah, it's just been completely insane but on my end. hold in there. We're going to have some episodes, you know, knocked out here for you shortly. We got some good We got some good movies coming up for you. Yeah. We also have our next few picked out that we're excited to do. Yep. And Obviously, uh, though, the next one is Zorro the Gay Blade. But we'll discuss that. Well, we might put on this. We'll do that after Ricky O. Okay. Well, then we'll, we'll have like back-to-back episodes of just goofy-ass movies. All right. We're just doing an episode a day from now on, and we're just going to do all of these <laughs> movies. And just, there's like one fan out there who just went like, yes! Can we do the gay characters from outer space that I told you about? No. 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 <sighs> that's never happening. <laughs> But uh, I think that's that's pretty much it. You yeah, know, no. I, let's let's just go ahead and close out this show, folks. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, I am Brian Crock, along with me, is, of course, David Kalisa and Marissa. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. All right, folks, go out, watch a movie, and don't forget to grab your popcorn. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.